Hey, race fans, Justin Bell here, former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast, Drive to Win. If you're anything like me, driving probably means quite a lot to you, and not just racing, all drive. Nowadays, I'm sure you feel like I do sometimes, too distracted with texts, emails, work calls, and social media to get out there and simply enjoy the open road. I've always had a love for driving, and that's what Mobile One is all about. A reminder that even when life starts to feel too full of screens and routines, the ultimate escape is waiting patiently in your driveway. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Well, hello everyone, Justin Bell here on Drive to Win, presented by the Win Las Vegas and brought to you by our sponsor, Mobile One, for the love of driving. Well, we've just come off the back of Formula One's annual summer break, and going into it, uh, I did predict, well, I bet the drivers are going to have an amazing time and doing some incredible things. But I was confused about what the actual Formula One teams would get up to. And I can tell you, I was sending emails to their media departments, to the press contacts, trying to get the drivers on here. And it was without fail, that automatic reply, we are away on our summer vacation for a couple of weeks. So it was legit. Uh, I can't help but think that there's got to be, you know, secret departments under the budget cap away from the cameras trying to do the development work that they have to to get to the next race. Maybe not Red Bull, but certainly when you come to Williams or McLaren, it's inconceivable to me that they down tools, but apparently they do. Although when that stops, technically I don't know, because in the week leading up to the Zandvoort, the Dutch Grand Prix, this weekend, I have a feeling that it is total pedal to the metal, gas to the floor to try and get ready and do their best this weekend. But it has been a, a fun time. I don't know about you, but I've been following along on social media, the drivers, and it kind of went like this when I did a recap. Carlos Sainz was very much posing on a yacht in the sea. And then we had Charles Leclerc, who was on the sea. And then uh, Lewis Hamilton was under the sea. And then Max was just chilling like he owned the sea. Basically, that was my recap of what the drivers did. But they have so much money and they have so much pressure. Uh, and they don't get the chance to go out there and do other things they love. So I'm sure they made the most of it. They went to, you know, incredible concerts I saw. Anyway, if you follow them on social media like me, you saw the best of it. But for me, I just came back quite literally on Sunday from the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance. It was the 72nd running of that absolutely formidable event. It's the most iconic car concours in the world. But it was great because... We, of course, are prepping ourselves for, on November the 11th, the Las Vegas Concours right behind us on the golf course here at the Wynn. And uh, some of the top Wynn exec executives were there walking around. But so many moments made me realize what a fabulous moment in time it is for not just motorsports, but cars in general here in North America. Adrian Newey, the, I mean, how do we, how do we sum it up? The, the the best, I mean, the most legendary, the epic, the game-changing uh, engineer designer from Red Bull. He was there. He was having a great time. He was there with his wife, just enjoying being at the racetrack. I think he might have driven something. And then at Pebble Beach on Sunday, I, I know my dad and everyone else saw him, but I, I kept on missing him. I had new sightings and I'd scurry off because obviously I wanted to hook him into coming on the show. 
I saw Zach Brown in the tat room at the at the lodge at Pebble Beach. He was in great form. He was driving more than, I think, at least two cars out at the historic race races at Laguna Seca. And he just was relaxed. And And I said, you know, he was asking about the podcast. Obviously, he was our first guest. And he was very excited about heading to to, to Zahnvolt this weekend to for the Grand Prix. And it just made me realize the the schedule these guys lead. One minute they're there, he's driving. And as you know, he's a, and we talked about it on the show, a passionate and very talented race car driver. And he loves his historic cars. And he so to go from there to to being on the headset, watching his team go into performance this weekend, I don't know, it just, it seemed pretty... Uh, symbiotic to me. It was just, it was just fantastic seeing everyone there. Now, of course, being at the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance, I hosted that. I walk out on stage. They had a new MC, which I introduced, Amanda Stretton. And uh, it was just fantastic. My talk show live stream, we were doing the broadcast for them. But seeing those cars, seeing the, literally the kaleidoscope of history of the automobile going back to the beginning of last century, cars from every decade made me realize that we are in for something special when it comes to Vegas because we, for the Las Vegas Concours, have a different approach to it. We're trying to get away from the straw boaters, blue blazers, gold buttons, and the, the vision is very much to make it a more inclusive experience. Still the best cars in the world, but just different judging criteria, a lot of celebrities. And actually, check it out on the website, Las Vegas Concours, dot com because there's it's really not very expensive to be here and if you you want to feel what Formula One's going to be like even if you can't come to the race you'll you'll get it that weekend a car that I was so excited to see up close and personal was this uh, Elvis well I'm going to say it. it was a McLaren Elva M1A and it's in this incredible gold color but the story is it was the first McLaren that Bruce McLaren built as a race car. And it went on to be raced by Graham Hill. It was then purchased, moved to America, and Elvis bought it for $9,446 in 1965 and actually drove it himself in the movie Spin Out. And the car has this incredible lineage, not only for being the first McLaren, but the fact that Elvis is pictures of him sitting in it. And there's this, you can see it now, this picture of the check. I tell you what, it was great. And it's coming to the Concours. And even better, the owner um, has offered me to drive it while it's in LA, as if I was going to say no. So that car's just a you know a little sneak preview of the type of formidable historic machines that will be making their way here to Vegas on November 11th. Well, the first half of the season is done in Formula One. And now we are gearing up for what they call the second half of the season after this summer break. There are so many things I think we can look forward to, and I'm really looking to ch- forward to chatting with our guest, Allard Kalf. I'll tell you a bit about him in a minute, but Allard's on the spot there, and and I think he's going to give, I'm going to look forward to asking him some questions about what is going to come, especially this weekend. But the second half of the season for me is, let's watch Max go for as many records as he can. Let's see him dominate. I don't think that's going to change bar mechanical failures or or an incident. I don't think he's going to come off his position with the confidence he has. I just don't see it happening. But let's embrace it. Like I said on the last show, let's see how far he can take this history train because maybe it'll never be topped. But then every record seems to be broken eventually. 
Uh, he's won obviously eight so far in a row, twelve podiums from twelve. The mo- and at the moment he's on track to get the most championship points ever scored by one driver in a season. So uh, a lot to look forward to. And when it comes to the best of the rest, everybody else, you know, we keep saying it, and every podcast, every journalist says it. The race is so good behind Max, and we'll see where Sergio Perez falls. But you know, we now have McLaren joining the fray, which was for most of the year Ferrari, Mercedes Benz, and Aston Martin. But now we have, you know, we have McLaren, who arguably are so close and demonstrating so much pace between Lando and Oscar Piastri. Zach Brown said uh, in an article this morning, I read that he feels that all the big holes, the big gaps in McLaren's lineup, which have really compromised them. They didn't have their own big wind tunnel. Their factory wasn't finished, you know, areas of it. They they had new engineers coming into different places and positions in the team. They've got that all solved now. So now he said it's about small detail, getting that in line. And I think we're going to see them have an amazing second half of the rear of the year. But we're also heading into what's called silly season. Too early to really speculate on on what happens. But an example of the topics that we will be looking at over the next three or four months is, you know, Lewis is, we know he's signing his contract, Mercedes. They say it's not about money or, money or the length of the contract, but he still hasn't signed it. So something must be holding it up. Will Red Bull replace Sergio Perez uh, for 2024? Is that, is that, would it be Daniel Ricciardo? That seems kind of crazy, but it, would he be any faster? I mean, he'll certainly be entertaining, but there must be other drivers that they could bring up. Red Bull are savages when it comes to their drivers and moving them out for new ones. So, who knows about that? Uh, is Oscar Piastri going to be the top rookie? Well, I think he is. Um, where does that lead him for next year? Uh, we haven't even got started yet when you think of Williams, uh, them them improving. The gossip is that they're really going to start focusing on next year's car, which seems to make sense. It's not really a revelation, but they are getting themselves ready uh, where they're running. Obviously, they've been having some great results, but... It's all about next year and, and starting with a fresh uh, piece of paper. So, you know, so many things like that. And we, as I said, it's just going into the second half of the summer. So I'm sure we'll uh, have a lot to talk about. Well, this weekend, it is the Dutch Grand Prix. And it is one of those races that has captivated the fans in attendance, being provided great racing. They had a lot of Grand Prix there, took a, a long gap. And to be honest, I never thought they'd go back. It's it's a seaside town. It's the the sand. I used to race there in Vauxhall Lotus, Opel Lotus back in the day, and the the sand would be blown across and make it super slidey. A lot of elevation and I mean just undulation. It's just fantastic. It's a, it's an amazing uh, track. So I'm uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. But of course, there will be a lot of demands on the drivers when they get there, which is why I want to talk to my guest for today. Allard Kalf, we raced together in the Opel uh, Euro Series in 1988, can you believe? Uh, he went on to Dutch Touring Cars, British GT, Audi TT Cup. He's now one of the top media personalities in Holland when it comes to motorsports, and he is at pretty much every Formula One race. So he is the guy to give us some insight into this weekend. Allard, thank you so much for joining the show. You're, you're very welcome. And the sun's out. It's, it's Dinner is outside here. And it's uh, for you, Justin, anytime. 
Well, I mean, I'm glad I caught you before the uh, for the wine, Dutch wine. You wouldn't drink Dutch wine. Is there <laughs> such a thing as Dutch wine? There is such a thing as Dutch wine, but it's um, undrinkable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not even the Dutch drink it. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Carmel Valley wines, actually, oh. and then especially especially the Ben Pom, the Bernardus, and uh, oh. wine for. Uh, Finery. That's one of my favourites, actually. So, well, I was just up there. I Sorry. just, I just came back. I know. Don't blame you. Uh, I'll know what not to drink when I come to Holland. But, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I just got back from Pebble Beach. So, you know, it was the big car event up there, and obviously Monterey Car Week. So, yeah, just yeah. great food. I saw, I saw all the pictures. Yeah. yeah, I saw all the pictures, and it's actually such a great event to go to. I've been there twice, and I've just massively enjoyed myself it's yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah they do it they do it really right but of course we're getting ready as well here we're going to have a a, a huge concourse las vegas concourse here at the win the saturday before you guys turn up for for the vegas grand prix so all happening but listen i want to I, I saw you at le mans i saw you with your little headset on running off to yep. do the pit lane like we've we've all <laughs> done so many years before which is you know, Le Mans is so demanding. And, and that's why when I thought about who should I talk to, um, you know, Max wasn't, you know, returning my texts. Um, so I thought, who who's next on the list? And it was you. Um, because you have such an insight. There you are. You know, you've been a driver all your life, but rather like me, your real success has come, you know, behind the mic and, and doing what you're doing. But being Dutch is I'm actually jealous of you. It's like I'm, I'm jealous of being Danish. I'm, I'm jealous of these smaller countries <laughs> where basically, you, you know, you can become really well-known in your country, can't you? And they follow your sport and they get behind you. Do you think that's why you've had, so, I mean, Ari Leyendijk, uh, Jan Lammers, Rango van der Zander now, Nick de Vries, you know, going on to Max. Do you think that's why if they show talent, they get, they get the support? Um, yes, I mean, we're very much, whether it's darts, tennis, uh, or motor racing, or, or, or football for that matter, if the Dutch are successful, we get behind them. However, if you talk about a Verstappen, whether it's Jos uh, or Max, yeah. you, they're in a different league. They when he did one in the early 90s, had such an amazing following, Justin. It was unbelievable. And Max, well, he's just surpassed that, you yeah. know, big time. Which I mean, he's he's got the results, so you you know, credit to all of them. But they are just a phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I think I think his fan club is like, you know, Jos used to have like a hundred thousand people following him with a fan club, and Max well, is like bigger than that. Yeah, millions probably. Well, let, let's run back a bit. That sounded good. Um, let, let's let's roll back <laughs> a bit to to Jos because you can give insight into that. When we watch, yeah, well, I never, I never met him, but you know, uh, albeit but once, I think. But you know, when we watch him, watching Max, uh, you can see why the the rumors, the the legend uh, of Max's upbringing probably isn't too far from the truth. That his dad was a tough man, who raised him to be a tough driver and a tough kid. Was that? Did you? Could you have foreseen that, knowing Jos? Um, knowing yours, yes, but I mean, the, the funny thing is, I mean, your dad's a, a megastar. I mean, won Le Mans five times, an absolute hero. 
especially in that era, you know, surviving those those years is just, you know, you're a legend uh, by itself. He, you wanted to go racing. He supported that, but he he almost, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't push you the way Jos pushed Max. Yeah, not in any way, mate. Um, not in any way. Yeah. No, exactly. But the funny thing is the way Jos pushed Max, he sort of made Max wanted to do motor racing. He made sure Max wanted to go karting. He was tough, you know, if, if, if the, the results weren't there, if Max did silly mistakes, Jos would be absolutely furious with him. But it had to come from within Max. And that is why it's been such an, an, an amazing uh, combination of Jos pushing him, but Max wanting to do it. Mm. And then there is something that I always say, like, do not forget his mum, you know, because, yeah. because character, there is a lot of um, Sophie in Max too. So you've got, and, and she was a big karting star in her own right. So so you've got Max, Jos, uh, Jos, Sophie, both good genes, the upbringing, and Max being so competitive, Max just wanting to be the best. And that combination is deadly, basically. Yeah, deadly. I mean, you joked before <laughs> before we started, oh, oh, Justin, you must be making a lot of money when it comes to Vegas. Well, Allard, you must be making a lot of money being Dutch. I mean, because literally the world's media wants a piece of Max. They're following, uh, you know, as we build up to the Dutch Grand Prix. What has it been like over the last two years doing what you do and and seeing the way Formula One has has not just, you know, embraced, obviously, you know, Max's success, but how the media worldwide drives to survive. What's it been like being in your seat? But the funny thing is, let's go, let's go back to when Max was 16 and sort of burst onto the scene and Marco decided to, to sign him and put him into a Toro Rosso. Like then, uh, people like Johnny, Johnny Herbert, Martin Brundle, uh, all the Brits that came to me and said like, Allard, is he too young? Is he, is he ready for it? And I said, I think he's ready for it, but only time will tell. But He's got a mature head on his on his on his uh, on his shoulders, and I think he can do it. And 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 from there onwards, he's just been amazing. Uh, everybody, he's amazed the British press. He's amazed us. He's amazed you, me, everybody. But also, um, he's he's you know he was a mature sixteen-year-old. Now he's a mature 23, 24-year-old guy who's won two world championships and he keeps amazing everybody with his speed, with his attitude, with his, um, well, call it maturity, call it what you like, but it's just, and, and I think uh, that's where you and I can relate to, the best thing is he's having fun. He really is, isn't he? You can see this, he's kind of chilled down, got off his you know, like I think he thought he had to be, which you always see when Formula One drivers start to to reach that apex. They 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 suddenly go, yeah. my God, I've got to be deadly serious here. I mean, otherwise, that's my my job. But thanks to social media, thanks to Drive to Survive, they're all able. We see them having a laugh. We see them swimming. We see them with the girls. We, you know what I mean? They well, they don't show as much of the girls as maybe they would have done with us back in the day. But you know, I've seen Max reach that sort of apex when he was. I think the pressure was right there and he still didn't know quite how to handle it. Now, I don't think anything can can get in the way of of his his mental strength. 
No, exactly. And, and, and I think it's also, it's almost like he's taking the other guys, like a Lando Norris, a Daniel Ricciardo and, and, and other guys saying like, hey, guys, come on. We're doing the best job in the world. We're getting paid uh, a good wage to do it. So let's enjoy it. Don't be miserable. Don't be, um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen even last couple of years, there were Mercedes drivers on podiums. And you think like, did you really enjoy that race? Yeah. Did you have fun doing it? And, and now at least there's people smiling. And I mean, I, I, I work with a lot of drivers um, and like one of Jeroen Blekemolen, you know yeah, him? Yeah, very. You know, and I always said, I, I always say to Jeroen, I always say to Renger just before a race, I never say good luck. I just say, have fun. Go, not, go out and enjoy yourself because the, the, the reason you're here is because as a little kid, you, me, everybody, you wanted to have fun. And, and boy, they do. And I'm glad they do because it's coming through. Because if you're sitting in your armchair at home watching them uh, race, if you're a fan, it looks like the best job in the world. So, you know, on behalf of those that can't do it, which is the rest of the planet, you need to look like you're having a good time, admitting that it's a very dangerous, very high-pressured job. Yes, and and don't forget, I mean, I, I, people say it, it might be boring because Max is winning all these races. And I'm saying like, well, hang on, hang on. Just realize we're witnessing something extraordinary. Here's a guy at a young age, dominating the sport, being the best of the best. And we're in the middle of it. We, we're working there and all this is happening. And I, I'm, I'm just baffled and I'm just, I'm basically enjoying this domination at the moment. Yeah. Funny as it may seem. But I'm- well, so am I. Uh, I think it's, let's see how far and how fast and what records these, this train, Max train, Red Bull train can do. But, you know, you do handle a lot of drivers. You're with a lot of the top drivers. There's two sides of every coin, aren't there? There's the guy that wins and there's the guys that don't. Um, there's only one guy that I think could you could put into that losing category, and that's really Perez, um, Sergio Perez. What's your well, – you're there. You're at so many of the races. What does it – how does that feel like? Yeah, he has a moment of, of – of brilliance and then sinks back down again. What must that like be like? You're there. What is it like? Because I think oh, it's bloody tough. Well, funny. Yeah, no, it is bloody tough. But but uh, there's if you go back through the ages, there's always been drivers with teammates that have been just a little bit better. Whether it was Michael and Barrichello, whether it was Mika and David Hacken yeah. and Coulthard. Now it's Max and Perez. And I think Perez. Of course, he will go and say, I will try and win the world championship. But realistically, he's just going to say to himself, hey, I've got the best car in the world. If Max uh, has a problem, I can win races. Let's just enjoy that. And maybe he actually gets better results than trying to beat Max because he ain't going to beat Max. You no. know, Max, Max will have him every day. So what you're saying uh, is he should we- focus on being second. He should focus on being the best second driver, second place driver on the field. That's what you're saying. No, well, he he should focus of in, in getting the best out of himself, the best out of the team. That will prob- probably mean he will finish second most of the time. Yeah. But it will also mean that if there's a problem with with the other Red Bull car, he will win a race. Yeah. And that is that is what he should do. Try to get the best out of himself and enjoy it while doing that. Yeah. 
it's kind of how we won the uh, uh, world championship in the Viper in 97 was I was supposed to be second to Beretta and Gash every race. And we were. And guess what? They broke down a bit more or had a wreck. And and so I won yeah. more races. You know, that's how, it, you know, I'm not going to claim we were faster, but boy, we got the points. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's that's how Nico Rosberg won the world championship in the end. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. I mean, oh, you'll love this. I, I was at an event here in L.A. at uh, the Haggerty Garage and Social the other day. They had Gordon Murray's new T33 being revealed, which is stunning. Um, and Eddie Irvine was there. And I, I turned to my son, Oliver, and I said, I haven't seen Eddie in years. You know, he's just stupendously rich and lives on an island. But I said, there goes the guy that mastered being the perfect teammate to the top driver. He made a lot of money. He did win some races, but he never objected to being second, you know, in the team. And Michael Schumacher won everything. Exactly. And the poster no, exactly, boy of exactly. that job. Exactly. You're so right there, Justin. I mean, I can remember being in a car with Eddie in, in Holland um, when he had to do some PR work for, I think, for Shell. And and um, I was saying, like, oi, uh, Michael is testing. Michael is doing this. And he said, hello, I'm getting paid a lot of money. I don't have to do the testing. I get in the car. It's the best car in the world. And if he uh, has a problem, he used different yeah, different, different words. words, but if, my, <laughs> if Michael has a problem, I can win races. So I'm not complaining. And that is exactly almost what Perez should do, in my opinion. Get the best out of himself, enjoy that you're in the best car, and, and be like Eddie Irvine. Yeah. I mean, I know from Lefferts change anyway. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, so the other thing that must be fascinating with you guys all in the media scrum there and, and every week just chatting in the, you know, at dinner with everybody, all your colleagues, is the best of the rest. The, you know, and I know it's a cliche now. Everyone says if you took Red Bull out of it, it would be the most competitive weekend every weekend. It shifts. Is it Williams? Is it, I mean, is it McLaren? Is it Mercedes? Is it, you know, is it Aston? It is really good entertainment. And how, how do you analyze the year so far in a few words, as in it goes up and down like yo yo's? Well, you can almost take Max out and it's, it's a better championship. Yeah. But um, And if you take Red Bull out, it's a brilliant championship. What it shows me is that basically um, people are still getting their head around the regulations. So you'll be good one week, you'll be not so good another week. And they're just unlucky that Red Bull and Adrian Newey and all those people have got the best car in the world and, and, and are unbeatable at the moment. But... Um, they just have to keep digging away, work at it, and it'll change because it's always it always have to has done and it always will do. Yeah, at some point, I mean, uh, I I know that um, the Williams lead engineer there was saying that he they're thinking they might focus. You know, at what point do they say, okay, we, this year we know what this year is. Let's just ride it to the end, but let's totally focus on our twenty four car. I bet that's a conversation that's being had a lot in the Formula One team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but you know, that is also um, a thing which is easy to say. On the other end, uh, everything you do now 
you'll take towards your 2024 yeah. car. So it's more like what part of the budget do you really want to spend now and what part of the budget do you want to spend for next year? So, um, but, but I think even, even at Mercedes, even at Ferrari, I think unless you skip 2023, see what is basically fundamentally wrong with that car and try and rectify it and try again next year. Yeah. But there's a lot of races to go. I mean, obviously, um, oh. I know you, I know you love looking at all the, all the young drivers coming up. I mean, who do you like? You've got De Vries, obviously you've got Piastri, some incredible talent is really in that rookie field, uh, really raising its head, showing their talent. In Formula One or Formula, yeah, Formula Two, One, Formula Three? Formula One, yeah. Oh, it's Piastri. Really? I'm just, I'm just, I'm a, yeah, I think it, Piastri is the only one um, out of the rookies this year yeah. who can challenge for a world championship in the foreseeable future. Um, and and I think he's way above everybody else. I even, I, I'm even tempted to think that towards the end of the year, Landon Norris is going to have his hands full. Mm. With, with Oscar Piastri because he is something special. And the other one I really like, but he's got his, his down days, uh, is uh, Yuki Tsunoda. I mean, if Yuki has a good day, he's not a rookie anymore, I know that. But if Yuki, Yuki can, can skip his bad days, he's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's very, I mean, you see everyone, everyone says that when I watch the commentary and you get to the end and they go, oh, don't forget, you know, Yuki had a hell of a race yeah. and you can see it. Yeah. yeah, it's very exciting times for all of us, but exciting times in Holland. I can only imagine what is happening in the build-up to this weekend's race. Let's talk about that. They're coming from all corners of the globe, oh. but what's it like being <laughs> in Holland right now? I was I was at the track this morning because I had to, uh, there's a campsite which is closed uh, next to the track, and I put my camper there because I can stay there uh, as of tomorrow night so I stay in town and I don't know whether you've ever been to the Adelaide Grand Prix Justin no. or to um, uh, any any race in Adelaide for that matter um, it's it's Adelaide when I went there for Formula 1 was a little coastal town in Australia and it was heaving and that is exactly what Sanford is and I said then, early 90s, if ever there would be a Grand Prix, it's going to be like this. And the whole town is party town. Every shop, every restaurant, everybody um, is doing something with the Grand Prix, whether it's a special menu, whether it's, I mean, you, you, you name it, it's going to be there. And, and we have an influx of 100,000 people a day. And they're going to have dinner on the beach. They're going to have a music festival in the evening. I mean, it's 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 almost like um, a big festival. And oh, by the way, Sunday afternoon there's also a motor yeah. race, if you know what I mean. A little bit. I mean, I saw you at Le Mans. I mean, at Le Mans it was this year because of the centennial. It was a huge uh, festival. Yeah. And by the way, we had a motor race as well. And it's a little bit like that. Noisy bugger. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a little bit it's a little bit like that. It's like an enormous festival. They've got uh, artists, music until like eight nine in the evening, and and you know it's just it's just brilliant. And that there's motor race in between, yes, and people want to come and watch a good motor race. But it's it's I mean it's almost the 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 blueprint for 
what Formula One in Las Vegas is going to be or what Formula One in, in, in a lot of countries is going to be. You have a festival and a motor race. And it's, it's I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, but um, the organizers of the Dutch Grand Prix have been approached by the IOC to look into what they can learn for the uh, Olympics next year in wow. France. Wow. They know, you know how to so, throw a party. So, yeah. And the logistics exactly, and the yes. getting people in and out. And I mean, here's a thing, little stuff that, that the, or our, you know, normal fan that, who, who doesn't have the privilege of, of any further insight. Um, what, how does a guy like Max get in and out of the track? Do they all, do they helicopter ah, in? Do they stay there? No, 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 no. Listen, they, they want to be uh, green, right? So, yeah. um, it's 100,000 people coming in every day. 98% comes in with public transport or on a bicycle, right? So every what? day between 20, yeah, 20 and 30,000 people somewhere come in on a bicycle. They cycle in and cycle out. It's, it's amazing. The logistics for that are amazing. People can in by train. The only ones that are allowed in to drive is uh, the drivers, the teams, and some of the press. But they, the press is being shuttled from Amsterdam Airport to Sanford on buses. So, so the logistics to get the people in and out are amazing because it's yeah. public transport or on a bike. And like, as I say, 2% can come in by car. And for this year new, if you are a supplier, so if you are a caterer, if you need to supply anything in Sanford, it has to be done by electric transport. So electric trucks, electric vans, electric cars. Otherwise, you do not get into town. So I think it's amazing, to be honest. That is outrageous. I hope they talk about it on yeah. TV because that's something to be proud of. My goodness. That that really is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, I'm going to do a little fun thing with you now. Um, we're calling it the <laughs> Mobile One Pit Stop for the Love of Driving. If you could have dinner with a former Formula One hero, legend, who would it be? Dead or alive? Graham Hill. That's a great answer. I think he'd be a good company. I think he'd be a laugh. Um, now, I think he's, 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 he's a laugh. And also, uh, Justin, um, I think he's, he's a little bit underrated because he did win the Triple Crown. He did win the Indy 500, the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, he won that six times in a row or something, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And the guy has just been, well, he, he's not with us anymore, but I think he's just a hero. And and he's very funny. <laughs> and very funny. And, and movie cameos too. Okay, number two. Yeah. We probably have both have these. Biggest regret of your racing career? Ooh. Um, not listening to... Very good advice from Jan Lammers when I was racing for him. <laughs> and he would have known. Being, <laughs> Did he being, listen to anyone? Stubborn. <laughs> Did you listen to anyone at that point? I don't think so. Flying <laughs> no, no. <laughs> flying Alar Kelf. So if you could put them no. who would win in an equal race? Sterling Moss, Michael Schumacher, or Max Verstappen? Oh. Ah, that's that's very difficult. I think the one, the one that'll beat 
all, all th these three, I think, will be Jim Clark. Because I think if there is one one guy who's above anybody, it's it's to me it is Jim Clark. And and he is one of the if not the fastest guy ever in a racing car. So um if those three I don't really know. Maybe maybe Max, because I think he is very fast, but I I'm not sure if Max would beat Jimmy. That's a that's a great answer. All right, and your final your top three predictions for this weekend. The podium. Um, I'm very bad at this usually, and I, 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 I'm tempted to say it's going to be two Red Bulls. So I hope Max wins three in a row. But um, statistics say, like, the longer ahead, the more races you win, the bigger the chance you're not going to win. That's how they think in Vegas. You know, if you don't gambling, you keep going. The chance you're going to win is bigger. So, but Max should win. Sergio should be should be second. And third, let's go for Piastri. I think that's very, that is a little bit of God. There is a little bit of rumor about that. People are projecting that. That's pretty cool. I mean, he's super quick, as you say. And I think that would put the, yeah, uh, exactly. that would put a, you know, raise the hairs on the back of Lando's neck, I think, right? That will, then we're seeing exactly. something. Yeah. See. Yep. Well, listen, mate, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you. I wish I was, I just, I'm going to be virtually with you this weekend just to see how much fun you have. Do what you do really well and enjoy it. Thank you very much. I definitely will enjoy it. You go and enjoy whatever you're doing this weekend. And uh, I think we should, have a, we should have a drink soon somewhere in real life. In Vegas when you come here. We should. All right. I'll put it on my list to go to Vegas because I'm not sure I'm actually down to go to Vegas. If I do, we definitely have a drink. You're going to be sitting right here. Thank you, mate. Take care. Definitely. And you. Cheers, Justin. Well, always a good time chatting with Allard. And as you can tell, he's, he's all set up, ready to head to the Grand Prix this weekend. I am more than a bit jealous, as I'm sure you are. But we will watch it on TV. And don't forget to follow along on all their social media there will be a ton of content coming out, something tells me, especially for this weekend. Zandvoort, as Alad said, it is a beach town. It is a place where they've turned it into a festival. The track is fast. It's high speed. It has these crazy undulations, banked corners. You have the sand, I mean, native to the area, obviously being by the beach, uh, that can blow onto the track, make grip difficult. It's the fans that I think will be the uh, providing really the backdrop. There's the shots they always do when they, they pull up high and on with the helicopter and you can see how the proximity to the beach and literally the hundreds of thousands of people that will be there. And as we learned from Allard, there will be a lot of bikes. I wonder, do you have a bike tracker? Do you, do you have like a, what do you call it? Like one of those little things, you know, to Bluetooth to find your bike. You can't just say my bike's a blue bike and go looking for it. Anyway, I'm sure they got it handled being Dutch. Uh, the Orange Army, as I said, all those fans are going to be in huge support of Max. And it just it just brings up the question, does that bring more pressure or does it bring more motivation? I think history has shown that it brings a lot of motivation for any driver, any athlete, when it's your country behind you. Um, but of course, comes with that a lot of pressure. But then he handles it, doesn't it? I don't think it's going to be a problem. We are going to be watching. You heard Allard said he thinks Piastri will make it onto the podium. What a fight that will be, because what does that mean happen to Lando Norris? I don't know. There's, there's so much to play for. Is Albon going to have another great race in the Williams? It's going to be so fun. I'm going to be watching along. But of course, it is all about the gearing up 
for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. And I don't know if you saw on social media this week, the Red Bull guys did a fantastic spoof on the hangover here in Las Vegas based around the win. It was using some stock footage they'd done when they had the car in here, but you saw some appalling acting by Sergio Perez. I think he should stick to his day job. But Christian Horner may have a Daniel Craig lookalike kind of thing going on. And I thought he did a great job. So watch that. That's really, that's really fun. And it does show the way the teams are starting to put their focus on that latter part of the year, critical point scoring window, which it will be when they come here to Las Vegas. Well, that's about it, guys. Don't forget, go to winlasvegas.com slash experiences slash F1 and check it out. Find out your way here. Also, do follow along on our Instagram account. Join in, communicate to me. Let me know what you'd like to see or know more of. And of course, enjoy this weekend's race. I'm Justin Bell. Drive to win. I'll see you next week.